0: This is the Horse Radio Network. Hey, this is episode 10 of Equine Clicker 101 podcast on the Horse Radio Network. Mounting made easy. Equine Clicker 101 is a podcast that takes you to the class to learn and practice clicker training for your horse. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. They are Jeffers, Equine, and Cavalier Feeds. They're both amazing companies. And you know what the kind of cool part is? Cavalier is really low in sugar. I love that. It's great. But you can also buy it at Jeffers. So it's a great thing. Hey this. This is Shauna Karish again, and in today's episode, what we're going to do is we're going to work on mounting. I think this is a tricky um, prospect for a lot of horses, so we have some different techniques and things you can do that can help your horse to enjoy this process, but one of the things I want to say before... Or you really get started, make sure there's not something physical going on. If your horse has just started not allowing you to, to let you mount, if any behavior change happens, the first thing I want to do is rule out that there isn't something physical. Do they have a sore back? Is the saddle not fitting right? So check those things out. But- all that being cleared up so if that's a problem clear that up first and then come back to us but once you've made sure that all that is not part of the problem we sometimes your horse won't let you mount because he remembers old an old injury even though it's gone away and we know it's better he anticipates pain or who knows why they get to this place where they won't mount but we're going to work through some techniques to help get you back on track with your with your mounting Uh, And one of the things that people ask me all the time, they always want to know where do I get clickers or targets or side buckets or whatever it might be. I recommend you go to my website. The website, which is on target training, it's on dash. Target-training.com. So on target training with the two hyphens in between. And you can go, you can find products and videos and books and, and things there. So you can head there to find out more about me, even if you like, or more about the products. And for all your other horsey needs, I suggest you go to Jeffers Equine. They're amazing family-run company who does a great job and has lots of cool products for you and your horse. Alrighty, And here we go. It is the classroom portion of our show today. All right. As I mentioned already, we want to be sure you rule out any physical causes. So again, this is just a thing for all training. If you see any sudden behavior change, really check that there isn't something physical going on. That's the first place I go because usually there's something that caused that change. And so I want to rule that out first, because if there's pain, then we're just continuing to work against the pain and it still becomes aversive. You know, it's not getting better. It's the same old lousy thing that they, they thought it would be. So rule that out. Make sure your saddle fits. Everything is good about that, that you can see physically. So check your vet and check with your body worker. I find that sometimes the vets have their certain procedures they do, and the body worker gets in and start working muscles and trying and pushing, and then they'll come up and they go, oh my gosh, his but is so sore and you wouldn't really have known that necessarily. That doesn't come out in a flexion test necessarily. So go to find a good body worker and get that part checked out as well. It's always a good good thing to keep in touch with. Okay, so now we all know what it looks like to have a horse. It's really hard to mount. It's the one that walks off. The one who won't sidle up, they keep sidling away, you know, so now you just can't get your foot in the stirrup. And if you do, it's kind of a big, broad leap. And then you, you know, and then off you go and this and that. We've all had these kind of issues that are challenging. Or it's just the one who won't move forward. And then when they finally do move forward, they walk eight steps forward. You're like, well, wait. And then you get off and you wind back around again. So what we want to do is get them solid for mounting. Any place, any time, anywhere. So they actually really like the mounting process and look forward to it. But there's another little caveat I'm going to tell you about, though. Sometimes um, the, the ridden work, if there's kind of trouble in the ridden work, sometimes they anticipate that I've had confusion or pain or something that the 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 mounting has become a problem because of something. The the mounting predicts something else, you know. So if you've been having a lot of trouble with your left lead, can't and now all of a sudden mounting is getting worse, I would kind of start to suspect that maybe it had more to do with what was happening in the saddle than the mounting. So just keep that in mind. We're not going to address that whole big ball of wax today. But but remember, everything our horses do, they're not being bad. They're trying to communicate what what is going on. And it's showing us that it's more reinforcing to avoid avoid mounting than to be mounted. So I look at the big picture and think, okay, how can I change how you feel about this? So we're going to start off, if a horse does not let you mount, keep in mind, picture those scales. So those scales are out of balance. The one that has a lot of weight on it is the one that says, I do not want to be mounted. And so I'm going to do whatever I can to avoid this process. So I think that that is really important to figure that part out. So, um, or to think about that as you start shifting things. As we start going through the mounting process, we start putting a weight on the other side of the scale. Now we're starting to rebalance those scales into a different, a different frame. And when we get to the point where they're pretty good and we're getting on, remember, we may have just tipped the scales. Doesn't mean they're good. Forget it. I'm just good and we're good to go. It means you've just begun to kind of change their emotions and how they feel about it. So that's what we're going to set out to do. Remember, they're not being bad. They're just doing what works for them. We need to come up with what we're going to call, okay, this is a big scientific term. It's called the differential reinforcement of an incompatible behavior. I mean, after all, we're in the classroom. I think I am ha- entitled to say that. <laughs> but basically what this means, it's not all that complicated. It means I want to make this one behavior of avoiding mounting is very reinforcing. The behavior of mounting is not reinforcing enough. So as we rebalance those scales, pretty soon they look at it and they're going to think, I love mounting. I can't wait till my human gets on. So we just need to kind of rebalance it until they choose and make a new decision because everything they do is a decision based on their reinforcement history and what it's all meant to them. Okay, so let's talk about some of the different scenarios that can go with this. Okay, so the one, and there's more than one way to do this. One of the ways that people like to do it a a lot, or if a horse is really having a challenging time, I will start on the ground, taking them to the mounting block. I use the target, because if we can... If we have taught them to touch their nose. Now this, remember, these are going back to the first three, the first three episodes. So if you need to get the clicker on board, if you need to get some liberty leading, which I'd recommend you do, even if you don't think it's part of it, but it would be a part of this a bit and get that targeting on board. So you can utilize those things to get your horse understanding these basic principles before we go to something that may be aversive for them. Also, another one is the Episode with stationary targeting, because there is the stationary target can be valuable in here as well. Okay, so let me talk about the handheld target. Remember, I just use something like, you know, it might be two or three feet long, and it has, you know, a, a buoy, a marine fishing net float on the end. So it's white, it's easy to see, you can make it out of whatever you want. If you want to go to my website and look at stuff, you can, but you can make it up out of anything. Just find something distinct and different. And you know what else I'm going to tell you? Ooh, they've done studies now. You can look up um, monochromatic vision, which is basic color blindness. This is how our horses see. And do you know what? Bright orange, they can't really see. What they can see really well is bright yellow and blue. Red and orange are just like camouflage. They're like dirt. I mean, they're the same color as dirt if you look through that. So that's really kind of amazing. So I suggest you pick a bright color. But anyway, or an easy to see color and white is one of the colors that they can see quite well. So get a target, get them to touch the target. But what you can do is you control the front end and the front feet, which really then ends up controlling the back feet by where you put the target. So if you walk up to the mounting block and they start kind of moving their rear end away, if you push that target somewhat away so their head is going away from the mounting block, it tends to bring their side and their butt towards the mounting block. So those are things that you can do to help control the different parts of the body. Um, Another thing is having a stationary target. A lot of times what I'll do is put like a handheld target in a, a traffic cone. And then I just set it right in front of the mounting block. So after I've taught them to go to a stationary target, you can use that right in front of the mounting block. You can say, hey, there's a target and put the target there and teach them to hold on the target and then start to climb up on the steps and get back down. So you're desensitizing the sound of the steps, you climbing on the steps. And so they get that kind of worked out where they, a lot of times that might be a trigger where they go, oh, well, that's something different and I'm going to turn away so or, or change my position. So desensitizing those steps and climbing on the steps is really an important part of this procedure. So you can use a stationary target. You can use a handheld target. Other things to consider is we always want to think about uh, what gets referred to in scientific circles as your antecedent arrangements, but essentially how can I set set them up for success? What can I do to help set them up for success? And one of the things I'll do a lot as I'm trying to help the horse get into this environment, I'll think, what can I do to help keeping them under threshold, but helping them to be in the right place in the right time for a horse who's pretty comfortable with all the elements, you don't feel like they're nervous or worried. I might put a mounting block kind of against a fence or a wall where they can walk straight. They can go back or forth, but it discourages their hind end from swinging out, you know, because it's, there's something there. So they can go forward or they can come back. That's up to them in this early training process. Particularly I would do it at Liberty. So they have the the choice to go where they want. This helps make it, The working at Liberty helps make it clear that they're making the right decision and giving them the freedom to come or go. Actually, uh, uh, ironic as it is, tends to help them go, well, then I do want to do this. You know, a horse who won't load in trailer, all of a sudden they're like, I can leave. Well, then I'm going in, you know, because they know they have the freedom to leave and it's not a a trap. And sometimes it can be the same with something like the mounting block. But there is a caveat that I want to point out here. If your horse is a worried, if he's worried about it, a lot of times being in a place that's kind of narrow. And I don't mean so narrow that he can't move at all. It's just discouraging the wide swings of the butt. But they sometimes being in that little shoot feeling can be nerve wracking unto itself. So if that's the case, just get them learning how to walk through there and stop and walk through there and stop until they quite like it. And they go there by themselves. When they will do that, then I start climbing up to the mounting block and getting back down. And maybe it's just the bottom step and then the next step and then the others, you know, then to the third step. And so there can be a lot of triggers in this point. So it doesn't, sometimes it isn't being right there by the mounting block but for some horses it is for some of them it's once you step on the mounting block for some horses it's when you're up high above them on the mounting block so I would kind of check that each of those things is comfortable and good for them I'm also going to tell you, just because we're uh, using a mounting block, I found, I think those little cheap plastic portable ones are quite easy and quite nice because you can move them around. You, they're light, you can adjust them. They're, they're, you know, they're just, they're a great little tool to start with. They're not quite, quite as imposing as a permanent mounting block. But even if you are somebody who wants to get on from the ground, or you're somebody who really gets on from the fence more than anything, still starting with the mounting block is a great uh, tool to start this process. And something to think about, if you're one of the people that gets on from the back, that puts a lot of, I mean, from the ground, <laughs> that puts a lot of pressure on their withers and their back. So think about that as you're doing it, because that. That unto itself can be aversive. If we can step up from a higher position, we're not kind of becoming so aversive by pulling the saddle and our entire weight off to the side and getting them off balance or tweaking, you know, maybe a sensitive back. So if you can, I I think everybody should be able to get on from the ground. I think it's an important skill. And if you have, you know, I tend to have jumpers and big horses and I got to lower stirrups. I got short stirrups, tall horse, little person. So I got to lower those stirrups to get my foot cranked up to my chest and get on up there. But I think it's important that they can do that, but I still choose not to because of the strain it puts on their back. So if I can, I choose to go to the mounting block or a fence or something to get on. So that's just kind of food for thought as you're, as you kind of get back in the saddle as it were with your horse. So, I there so there's different ways you can do it. You can use the stationary target, you can use a target to manipulate their body, you can set them up for success. In any case, I would if they're comfortable with it, set them up for success by putting them in a narrower place where they're kind of choosing to stand straight. And and I don't I don't prefer to have them going into a corner. I mean, a corner they can walk out of no big deal. That doesn't bother me a bit, but I don't want them to feel trapped. By not being able to move out of that corner, if they feel for some reason that they need to get out of there for whatever reason, I want them to, I want to know that and I want them to not be, feel trapped by it. So it's really important that when you said it there, if they're comfortable with that, if they're below threshold, meaning they're, you know, kind of fear threshold or even excitement threshold, then I will do it along the fence. So let's revisit for just a minute. What do we look for when we're looking for a horse going over threshold? I look for tension. And tension can come in all sorts of ways. It might be a high head. It might be the hollow back. I might see eyes that are big and round or even pinched up above the eyes as opposed to kind of soft and relaxed looking. I might see... uh, tension in the jowls, you know, you can see that. You might see tension in the neck. You might see a tail swishing, uh, uh, pawing. You can see nostrils that look really flared and big versus soft and relaxed. You might see a pointy chin because there's tension they're holding in their chin or their lip can be square. So there's a lot of things that they can do that may not seem like that big a deal, but they're actually really loud and clear communication. So if you find your horse is tense in any any way at all, just slow down and get them where they're good, standing in that position and lining up to that position and slowly build to stepping onto the mounting block and then to the foot in the saddle and then to the going further. If you have a brand new horse who knows nothing about any of this, you're not going to go, you're going to add more steps in. Ideally, you're going to start, instead of putting a foot in the saddle, you're just going to lean on the saddle or lean on their back before a saddle. That's a different process a little bit. We're kind of assuming we have a horse who has been mounted, but now has kind of fallen into a bad habit. So we'll get to that green horse thing at another point in time. This is more or less for... The horse who's, like I said, developed a a problematic challenge. You know, I don't even like to own problems. They just developed this undesirable behavior that we would like to teach them a new behavior to replace that. So, that's where we're going to kind of go forward. So, really desensitize those parts, and I don't care how long it takes to get there. You take all the time you need because it's going to be safer, and again, one of the things I say all the time is slow down, you'll go faster. If you slow down and let them process, pretty soon they're really on board and they want to be there. Okay, so using the targets, that is one way to go. My favorite way to go is actually a little simpler than that but a little bit more repetition than that. And that is really trying to use the classic conditioning. So by simply helping them to get in that position, then getting up there and feeding and feeding and feeding when I'm at their barrel, even at the mounting area, this I find Then pretty soon. They're like, I love it when the humans at my, my barrel right where the this, this stirrup would be because that is when I get reinforced. So I start putting a really high ratio of reinforcement on that behavior. No saddle, doesn't matter. I'll do it in the arena and then I could take it to the mounting block without tack and then move on to doing it with tack. But I want to see them actually almost lining up going, I want you here. And when they get the idea, idea that when I stand there that I'm going to come up and feed them, we're off to a really good start. So I think that's where we're going to start today. The other day, I'll tell you, Murray doesn't normally have (laughs) any issues with mounting, but for some reason, he just stands really still. He's great. And I reinforce him once I'm on because I want to feed from that other side. Uh, But the other day he got on and for some reason he decided to walk off. Well, I was not anywhere near ready. And remember, he's pretty green. And we haven't even cantered yet under saddle. And he's off the track thoroughbred. So I he walks off. I'm halfway in the air. My knee hits his back, which I'm like, oh, golly. He don't know how that's going to be. And that was okay. But then I land behind the saddle. And he goes off and he canters. So actually, I take that back. We have cantered under saddle. He cantered a little bit. You feel him all hopping and you're struggling and about a balance. And pretty soon I got back up and I got back in the saddle and, and we were okay. But it reminded me not to take it for granted that even though he's pretty good, that sometimes it's really a good thing just to reinforce him once I'm in the saddle. So and sometimes that particular event can turn into a bigger deal. Now I've made a mountain out of a molehill. We were good, but that startled him. And there we go. That wasn't the case with Murray. So we're okay. But that can even be the catalyst for your for your situation and where you are. Anyway, so what we're going to do is, uh, and we're going to listen to an ad from Jeffers Equine and the amazing company that they are. See you in a minute. Located in Dothan, Alabama, Jeffers was founded in 1975 by Dr. Keith Jeffers in order to provide local livestock owners with a reliable and more cost-efficient source for their supplies. Fast forward 40-plus years, and today, Jeffers has become a trusted source for equine, pet, and livestock supplies all across the United States, but they've not lost sight of the personal service that got them started all those years ago. You can still visit the Jeffers store in Dothan, or you can shop online at jefferspet.com, where you will find an astounding array of products for your equine habit, from quality tack, English and Western, to the supplies and healthcare products that you have come to depend on, as well as new and innovative lines to help your horse be his or her best. Visit them today at jefferspet.com. Okey-dokey. So now, as we get ready to move to the barn, as I said, there's different ways that you might want to do this behavior. I am going to focus on, um, there's a horse, Annie, and Annie is not so good with the mounting. And so, but she's not so bad that I feel like I'm going to, to go, not not bad. I guess bad's not the word. I think it's close enough that I simply just am going to put, use just the mounting block after I get her used to coming, putting me at her barrel. So I'm not going to choose to use the target in these situations, but remember you can do it that way if you wish. So I'm going to kind of work with Annie and see what we get working that way. So what I want you to do is I'm about to go get Annie. I want you to be sure to, get your horse, get them to a place where is a safe place. And remember, you don't have to do this. Do this at the place you think is going to be best for them. Where are they going to be the most relaxed and the most focused? It doesn't mean you have to do this in the riding arena or where you go out to ride. You can do it anywhere because this is actually a pretty small little process right now. It's not the big thing. And frankly, sometimes not taking them to the ridden place Place or not doing it with tack can kind of disarm them a little bit. Instead of them getting kind of braced, and I know what this means, and I know where we're going with this, you kind of they kind of go, "Oh, I don't know what this is, but I'm willing." And then you kind of have an open mind, and you can get yes a little bit. So think about those things. And I want you to get your food, food. Get your targets if you're going to choose to use one. And you know, I always put one in my um in the back of my. Uh, side bucket belt. So I have one on me in case I decide this is going to be a better plan for Annie versus what I thought we were going to do. And, and so get to a safe place, a good place, get some, um, get load up with some of that treat, some cavalier feed and cavalier treats, and get your clicker and your bucket. And uh, turn this off for just a moment, and I'll meet you in the middle when, or in a minute when you're all ready to go. Okay. Okie dokie. Now, I am in the arena with Annie just because it's an indoor arena. It's open right now, and she's pretty good in here. So I am going to, um, I, and I'm using, we have one of those plastic, you know, portable mounting blocks like you can get from Jeffers Equine. And I'm going to take it out even, uh, um, I'm actually, I'm not going to use it yet. So I'm setting I'm leaving it where it is. I'm gonna start over here with her and I'm just gonna do reminding Annie about the training. So I'm standing beside her and looking for her. We're shoulder to shoulder looking for her turn her head away. Perfect. Click and now I'm feeding. And I'm giving her a couple mouthfuls. She's a little excitable. So I'm gonna feed her a little bit heavy in the beginning to kind of take that little, oh my gosh, we're playing my favorite game edge off. <laughs> so a little satiation helps. So I'm going to do that again. Click and feed. Good. Perfect. Okay, good. And I feel like she's with me a little bit and she's focused and attentive. You know, um, okay. So now what I'm going to do, I'm going to leave the mounting block. It is in a place. I'm going to move it by the wall a little bit, but kind of give her wide berth there so she can get through easily. But I'm not even going to start there. So I set it up, but we're going to, we're walking out towards the middle a little bit. So I'm getting away from the wall and the mounting area. Okay, so now we're face to face and I'm gonna try to step, so now I'm facing her shoulder, I'm gonna click and reinforce her so now we're not facing in the same direction like we were. We were standing shoulder to shoulder, kind of looking forward, she's on my right shoulder, but now I'm facing her and I'm clicking and feeding her for just staying with me in this new position. I'm going to take a step back. I know that Annie is pretty good at this, but since I haven't done it in a while, I don't work Annie all the time. She may forget this. Sometimes, when we try to step back to their side, they can get kind of um, good. She's been great. Click and feeding her. Because she's just standing here while I'm talking and doing this. So what I kind of started doing is I'm standing with my feet kind of shoulder width apart. And I rocked my weight back to my back foot so that I could get there. We kind of talked about this in the earlier lesson. I think it might have even been the first lesson. So where I could rock back and I click in feed her, And then that's good. So now I'm going to. So I just rocked my weight back to the back foot. I didn't even take a step. I'm sure. I'd be sure though I click. And then I feed her up where I want her head to be. I don't want her to think to come to me. I want her to think, stay here, it'll come to me. Okay, so that's going good. She remembers that. So now I'm taking kind of two steps back. Perfect. That's good. Okay. So I'm clicking and feeding her. And I'm giving her another handful because I want her to really think about the holding still. This is part of the stay, really, is what this is part of. So that's good. Okay. So now I'm back here at her barrel. And I'm putting my hands at right on her barrel. Right where kind of the saddle would be. And I'm clicking and I'm feeding. And that is great. Okay. So she's chewing for a second. Okay. She's kind of in her own little world with the chewing. As happens. Okay. Good. Now I walked forward. I waited till I felt like she would actually follow me for that moment. I felt like she was enjoying her chocolate chip cookies or something (laughs) and so now she's more attentive I walked forward and I'm gonna see if I can't go to her side again okay good so I went right back to her side she stayed put that was excellent I'm gonna feed her again and we're gonna walk off and do that about 10 feet away so we're gonna walk over here And we stop. And I'm going to try it again. Okay. Hang on a second. She started to go back with me. I think what happened is with the walking, I walked rather brightly, which brought her adrenaline and excitement and fun up. And so she kind of had more energy. So what I'm going to do is, and so she then moved with me. She's like, yay, I'm, I'm alert and we're going. So I'm going to take it back to that little step where I just rock back on my back foot. Good. Click feed and then take a step. Mm, she kind of followed me. Okay. So let's just stand for a second. I kind of give her like a three second pause. It's not three seconds. It's a pregnant pause. So she kind of, I make eye contact and let her know I saw what you did there, but look, I'm not feeding that one. So that kind of effectively can communicate. That's not the one. And go try it again. And I just rocked back on my foot and that was better. Good. I think I got her kind of slowed down again. And then I'm going to back up. Good. So I took the two steps back again. So you can see I haven't actually made a whole lot of progress right yet. (laughs) But that's okay. This is where she is and this is what she needs. But you know what I'm thinking to myself? This horse needs to move a little bit. I think the standing still right now is a little bit hard. So I am going to, I'm going to walk off rather brightly a little bit and trot brightly. I trust her with the trot. Some horses I'm like, no, I'm not trotting with you right yet because you're going to explode, but she's good. So I'm just going to, okay, I'm going to trot with her a little bit and I'm not feeding her as much for the trotting. I am... Good, very good. Click and feed. So I don't need to trot her as much for the trotting. What I'm feeding, clicking and feeding for is when I bring the trot back down to the stop. This is our basic um, liberty leading lesson. That was lesson two. So this is episode two. So this is just kind of reminding her to bring her energy back down, practice a little impulse control. So that was great. Okay, so now what we're going to do I'm going to try it a little bit longer this time for like across the arena so that she can get a little bit more energy out. Now, this can seem counterintuitive because you're taking the energy up, but I'm not feeding that as much. I'm just letting her get it out and then reinforcing her when she brings it back together. So, we're going to try it off over there. All right, so not feeding her as much for trotting, feeding her more for the downward transitions and the quieting and the settling. So, okay, good. So now I'm going to walk slowly for a little bit. And she looks better. See, this I think helped Annie. Okay, good. And as we're walking, I'm looking her head still a little hot. There we go. She dropped her head just a skosh, kind of like she let go of a little tension. She exhaled a little bit. So I clicked and reinforced that. That was perfect. And now I'm gonna go back to getting to her side. Okay, here I come Annie. Perfect. So I kind of walked back with my hands, I clicking and feeding her for that. Now what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna take her back over to the mounting block area. I think that she seems like she's in a pretty good place. So we're gonna go see where that is. So we're walking over to the mounting block. And like I said, I probably have four feet in between the mounting block and the kickboard so it means there's more room on the top there's by five feet or something on the top but at her bottom by her feet she has about four feet in between so I have the the mounting block actually lined up there and see how she is with that so I'm not going to get on the mounting block I'm just asking her here we go Annie can you come with me and so perfect good so I just kind of led her with that Liberty leading I'm feeding her right now because I clicked her Um, I just have I use the Liberty leading to get her between the mounting block and the wall and then when I stopped she stopped and focused on me and not on her environment and I like that a lot if she was focusing on the environment more than me and she looked like maybe this was unsettling I would move the mounting block out like another foot or something, but she didn't. She looks really good and she's not a giant horse, so she doesn't need all the room in the world. This one. Okay. So I'm going to ask her to walk around with me again. And I'm really careful at this point. Cause I want the reinforcement to come when she is lined up right at that mounting block. Now, with me, with the Liberty Leading, she learned to watch my footfalls. She walks slow if I walk slow. She walks fast if I walk fast. As we walked back from the middle of the arena, I walked slow. So I could see her kind of focusing on my pace. I should have said that at the time. But so now I'm using that skill that was developed in the second episode, the second session, essentially, to help her to, to place her in the right place. So I'm not using the target or anything, just my walking has helped her out. So we're gonna do that again. We're coming around and walking right up. I'm between the mounting block and her right now a little bit. And then I ho. Good. Click and feed. That's perfect. I'm gonna feed her again. I wonder. Now we're kind of slipping into, you know what we're doing a lot of is operant conditioning, where we're teaching them to learn to operate on their environment. If I do this, I get this. Well, I also use a lot of classic conditioning, meaning if I'm here, this this stimulus, whatever it is, means I get fed. So pretty soon they're like, I love being at the mounting block because I get fed a lot. The mounting block equals food. So I'm kind of using that a little bit where I'm a little heavy handed when she's at the right place at the mounting block. So she starts putting together. When I stand here, good things happen. Okay. So we're going to make a nice big circle circle again again minimal food for the walking back in this part and this time I'm going to walk on the outside of the mounting block but it's small enough that I'm going to get right back I'm gonna walk around it but get right back to her and ask her to stop so here we go and I sidle out around it and she went a little sideways but I'm gonna step towards her for step and whoa excellent that that was perfect okay now now it ended perfect but what she did is i i went around the mounting block her head came with me which meant her butt it squished out towards the wall a little bit and that's absolutely what i don't want from her because that's kind of her tendency so what she's not one that scoots off she's just one that sidles her butt away so what i did and remember with the liberty leading and some of you if you you haven't done this may need to go back to episode two but with the liberty leading I worked a lot on right hand turns if I took a step a big my foot my right foot came towards her she would take a step over she learned to slow down and pay attention to that so as we got to that position and we had her butt swung out as I came around that mounting block I could take that right foot and she stepped her shoulder over it pushes her butt and side back towards the mounting block I hope that makes sense to everybody but I just kind of used the basic leading skill there to help her adjust. I clicked the movement of her feet at that point. Because what I want is her to make that adjustment and think about that. So I'm going to anticipate that I might have to do that again. But what I'm drawing attention to isn't when her butt swings out. It's when she straightens back out. So we're going to make a big giant walk again. And here we come again and we're coming up and I'm going around it. And she did turn towards me. So I'm stepping, just taking my, I slow down and take the right foot over. Excellent. So I'm clicking and feeding. So what I like about that is she is really paying attention and she is adjusting without it being a big to do. So, I like that. So, I'm feeding her a fair share for that. And she's eating. And she's eating. You see her little cheek has food packed in it. <laughs> Which is really kind of cute. Okay. So, we're going to do this again. And what, why I keep making the circles is, one, I think it's, um, you can keep feeding when you're standing at the mounting block and they're in a good place. But, and remember, I reach under and feed way over where I want their head to be and I want their body to be so I think about that correlation but I I like the process of her thinking I get up here and stand I eventually this is what I get to with my horses I want to be able to run ahead of them without touching the reins and then run right up to the mounting block and stop so by doing this it's allowing her to make these choices she's at liberty she doesn't have tack on she can do whatever she wants but she has to think about where am I where is it that works for me? Okay. So we're going to make another big circle as she's finished her mouthfuls. And we're going to come up and go around the mounting block And, ho oh, And, okay. She didn't really stop on that one, so I'm going to keep going. So I didn't reinforce her. I kind of looked at her for a moment. And then we're going to keep walking and try that again. And never despair. Sometimes them making the wrong decision is part of the learning process. We want to minimize frustration and minimize the errors they make. But don't be discouraged. It's information for her. She got to figure out, you know what? That one didn't get me reinforced. So what do we need to do? Okay, here we come again. And I stepped around it. Excellent. And I'm going to jackpot and leave it on that one. And this is why. So I'm feeding her a bunch right there. And then I a bucket hung on the wall I'm going to head over to and feed. So what she did that time that I really liked, remember I told you when I've been going around the mounting block, her butt swinging out? Well, that time as I went around the mounting block, she stayed straight as she anticipated me taking that step to the right. So that was excellent. That's exactly what I want. She kind of caught herself and didn't put in that extra step for me to get out of. So that is a really good place to end. So um, we're making our way over, I just have one of those buckets you hang over the fence that you can get from, you can get from your Jeffers equine, (laughs) and that's where I put jackpots a lot. So I am taking her over there and giving her that, and that was excellent. Okay, so you find a good place to end with your horse, whichever that might be. And then what I want you to do is get your horse to a good place, uh, finish it up, let them get their jackpot, put your horse back in a safe place. I'm going to put Annie away as soon as she's done with her jackpot, and I will give her another jackpot for going home. So I wanted to give her one immediately on the heels of that decision, and then I'm going to give her another one for going home. Because remember, going home can be aversive for our horses, they you Can think well. I don't want this to end. This is great fun. So we want to kind of negate that by letting them end with a jackpot. So we're gonna we're gonna put everybody away and get back to getting on with things. But before we do that, I wanted to tell you talk a little bit about we're gonna go to Cavalor Feeds. But Cavalor Feeds I found to be fantastic. It is super low in sugar. It's like unprocessed healthy food for your horse. But they also have amazing treats that are very palatable and good for your horses love them. I haven't found a horse yet who hasn't liked them. So having a mix of those two in your training sessions is a great way to go. So listen to a little bit more about Cavalier Feeds and learn more about this fantastic company. And then we'll wrap it up and we'll go over our homework. Time to add variety or that special reward. I love using the Cavalier Crunchies. These small extruded treats are rich in fiber and molasses free. And they are made from carrot chunks, alfalfa with a touch of herbs. They are safe for all kinds of horses, even horses with metabolic needs, and they come with resealable buckets. So they'll stay fresh between training sessions. And they, I mean, who wouldn't like those? And I've tried them with a whole number of horses, a whole lot of different horses, and they all like them. So they really are, they're healthy without being, you know, like cauliflower. <laughs> anyway, so they're great. So I am going to get my put all my stuff away and we'll be back in a minute and we'll talk about homework and review what we did today. Okay, this is always so much fun because I don't know I don't know how it went for you, because it could go 8,000 different ways, to be honest with you. So it is, uh, it's, it's always fun, and I can only really review on what I saw particularly, and kind of maybe touch on some things that maybe you saw as well. But hopefully, as we keep going with this process, you start thinking more like this and thinking your way out of the weeds, as it were. You know, As you get to a place, you're like, what do I do? You go, I know, she finds this reinforcing or whatever. But anyway, so with Annie, I kind of thought I was going to do more with standing with her out in the arena and getting her to come up with me there. And that kind of wasn't showing to, to be quite what I th- hoped it would be in my head. So I thought, well, let's just get right down to the pieces of it. But it could be that that does work for you and your horse, or that you got over by the mounting block in the wall. And that was way too scary. And you needed to pull that mounting block five or more feet off of the wall. And you just simply worked on it there, whatever it is, or you chose to use a stationary target in the, in the traffic cone, or you used a handheld target. So all of those things can really work. But remember, each of the lessons that are, especially those initial lessons, those probably first, you know, probably five even, because you got stationary targeting, you got targeting, you got clicker, you got stay, you've got liberty leading. But in this case, with all of those things are such strong basics. The stronger they are, the more tools you have right at your disposal. So if your horse already knows to stay at a stationary target, that's simple. You know, that's a way. You can utilize that. If your horse is already good at following the target, that makes it simple. With Annie, she's already really good at liberty leading. So I could use those tools to help position her body and slow down her pace and get her to reposition and slow and think about the other pieces. But I cannot stress how important it is that doing it at liberty. This is what I find is it really helps them to think about what they're doing. You know, if I have a halter and lead rope on her and I'm kind of pulling and tugging and pushing and blah, 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 and all the things that we do, what is she thinking about? She's thinking probably more about her head, the pressure on her head and her halter. She's not thinking where actually am I and having to create this behavior all on her own. I probably push her and brought her together in a place and then I leave her alone. And she's like, I don't know what happened. But as I could use the the some of the elements she knows, she slows down and thinks, what am I doing here? And it was really evident in that last approximation. So from here with Annie, I will repeat this, you know, it doesn't have to be all the time, you know, but I'm going to try to repeat this at least every day if I can. But sometimes I know I can't get to the barn for days on end and that's okay. They'll remember. But so I'm going to repeat this process till I feel like she is Without that she gets the idea, I feel like it's more fluid for her to come up and anticipate just stopping in the right place. So, and I feel like that is going really well. I may start to step up on the first step of the mounting block and progress to the second and the third. If she has it as good as I think she does, the mounting block probably won't be that big of a deal. Maybe the first step or two may throw her off a little, but hopefully we can get that sorted out. So remember, break it down to the little tiny steps Think smaller than you even think because if we if we double check that this little teeny tiny step is good and it is good and we built a good strong reinforcement history with this task, then building on it is even easier and makes just makes us stronger the behavior stronger. Then let's say you are out and you are at a show now. Or you're out on the trail and you've gotten off for some reason and you're on a rock and you want to get back on. And if it starts to fall apart, because now we've had what we call a context shift where it's a different place, it can all be lost. You now have tools that you can go back to. You have those tiny building blocks, those steps that you can go, okay, let's remember, let's lead around the rock. I'm using the rock as a mounting block. <laughs> okay, let's lead around the rock and stop. And you can remind her how you got there. And usually it goes very very fast then, because you've got her back on track and making it clear what you're looking for. Clarity is our friend when it comes to training. And so I think that the those small steps. So never think you're going too slow. Build those steps, but keep it moving forward enough that it's progressing. But it, it's okay if it's little teeny tiny steps. So. Anyway, so work on that for the next couple weeks, and and I'm sure you're going to get to a really good place. If you're having more challenges, you might go to think, let's say you're doing it the way I'm doing it. Maybe you should try with a stationary target, or maybe you do try with a handheld target. So don't be afraid to change it up a little bit if you feel like you need a little bit more clarity. Anyway, in no time. and. I'm also going to say, I also know that sometimes we do need to get on to exercise our horses or to do other parts. As much as I prefer to go, I'm not going to really do this much until you get it sorted out. If I need to, I will try to get help to help me with it. Let's say I need to get on. She's not quite ready. She's still walking away. I'll see if I can't get somebody right in front of me with a target and a bucket, and then they can reinforce and reinforce. Once you do, so it's a way that you can at least kind of bridge that gap a little bit. You can get her reinforced for standing quietly, really setting her up for success with extra steps and extra help. And then the thing I also like to remind people, I do not encourage you to feed on the side that you mount from, because what I find is that tends to make them want to bring their head to the mountain block and it's not easy mounting from their head. (laughs) So what I do instead is I try to teach them as soon as I'm about to get on or close enough, I try to click and reach over them if I can and feed on the other side. And then let's say you do get a friend to help you. Once you get on and you've kind of needed a little extra help, maybe they weren't quite ready, I just feed a lot from that other side once I'm there. So again, I'm working on that classic conditioning. Then they can think, pretty Soon they think, sooner you're in the saddle, the sooner I get fed. And that's where I kind of start. We'll move to less food at the approximating and setting up and stopping, but more food once you're on. But you need to build it up before you can even get to that place of being able to safely get on. And remember, safety is first and foremost. So think think that through first. If you feel unsafe with it, get somebody to help you out. Still try to use the positive reinforcement and make those pieces clear so you can get your, you know, ducks in a row or your horse in a row with the mounting block. <laughs> anyway. So I hope this all really helped you out. I have a great time doing this and picturing what you guys are going through. And we got kind of something in the works for maybe a little more support for after the podcast where we can kind of maybe have a, you know, something in between. We'll let you know more about that when we get there. It's just in the works. I'm a busy gal and I haven't been able to finish it all up yet. And one of the things we'd love to hear your feedback and we have a contact link on the website if you'd like to let us know a little bit more about your feedback. Also, you can listen to this podcast on most any of your favorite podcast players. You can listen on a horse radio network app on your iOS or Android device. And of course that makes it super easy to do. Um, Just search horse radio network in the app store. It's free, easy to use convenient, but be sure to visit all the great shows on horse radio network there. I've been doing, working with these guys forever and there is a lot of fun shows on there and some very uh, specific to disciplines or interests that you have. So Brit, Browse through there and find some. And if you want to find out and learn more about me, or like I said, get products or whatever it might be, you can go to my website, which is www.on-target-training.com. So it's on target training with hyphens. Okay, you guys, it's been a blast and I look forward to next time. So until then, you enjoy getting your horse on target.